You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, thank you for tuning into this Q&A episode of The Pregnancy Podcast. You can visit PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash Q&A to find all of the past question and answer episodes or to submit a question for a future episode. Show notes for this episode can be found at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash cord, and that's spelled N-U-C-H-A-L. I want to thank Zoller for their support of this episode. You probably know that Zoller makes my favorite prenatal vitamin. I like this because they use really high quality ingredients like the active form of folate, and it also has omega-3s and DHA. To check out the vitamin and get a promo code to save 25% off, go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash vitamin. This week, I am answering a question submitted from Alyssa. She emailed me and said, Hello, Vanessa. First off, thank you for all that you do. I am pregnant with my second child, and your podcast has been extremely helpful in preparing me for the natural birth I have always wanted. So thank you. My question to you, and I hope I can get a response before baby is born, I'm 38 weeks and two days, is about nuchal cord. I'm curious, if this happens, is delayed cord clamping no longer an option? What are the risks to baby? I'm part of a natural birth group on Facebook, and a mom had talked about this as though it's not dangerous. Please, if you could help me set my mind at ease, I would be grateful. Alyssa, thank you for submitting your question. A nuchal cord happens when the umbilical cord is wrapped all the way around your baby's neck, so 360 degrees or more. The only way that you'd be able to tell if there was a nuchal cord prior to your baby being born would be with an ultrasound. So if you're not having ultrasounds later in your pregnancy, a nuchal cord could go undetected. This is something that sometimes just gets resolved before birth, and other times a baby could be born with the cord wrapped around their neck. If a nuchal cord is diagnosed during an ultrasound, Your care provider may choose to keep a closer eye on your baby through the end of your pregnancy, but overall, this kind of quote-unquote diagnosis doesn't tend to change the course of your prenatal care. A nuchal cord is usually caused by your baby's movements, and it's going to be more common with twins or multiples. A study that included a 1,000 births found that nuchal cords were more common with longer umbilical cords. I'll put a link to that study in the show notes. And the length of an umbilical cord isn't something that you would know until after your baby's born, and it's not something that you have any control over. The first thing that I want to clear up is that your baby is getting oxygen from the umbilical cord. They're not breathing in through their airway. The first reaction that people have to a cord being wrapped around a baby's neck is, oh my gosh, they're being strangled. But that's not an issue. Even during birth, when their head is out, they're still continuing to get their oxygen from the umbilical cord. There are so many misconceptions around nuchal cords. I bet you have heard at least one birth story in which interventions were used that the mother had not planned on or a cesarean birth happened. And the reason was because the cord was wrapped around the baby's neck. 
In fact, there's even a study that's focused just on the misconceptions that a lot of pregnant women have about nuchal cords. This study found that many expecting moms are worried about nuchal cords due to misconceptions on its effect on fetal outcomes and the mode of delivery. The researchers noted that proper education is necessary to reduce maternal anxiety. The correct concept that nuchal cord would not normally lead to adverse fetal outcomes and that its presence should not affect the mode of delivery should be publicized widely. In this study, when they're talking about that not affecting the mode of delivery, they're saying that a nuchal cord by itself is not a cause for a cesarean birth. Alyssa, your other question was, what are the risks to your baby? If the cord is being compressed, it could decrease the amount of oxygen and blood going to your baby. Thankfully, the vessels in the umbilical cord are protected by compression by the design of the cord. An umbilical cord, if you've seen pictures of it, is really thick, and the tissue of that cord, which is sometimes called Wharton's jelly, helps protect the vessels within it, and it prevents the cord from kinking so that it doesn't cut off blood flow. I did find a study that showed there was some evidence to show that some proportion of stillbirths could be caused by tight nuchal cords, and I'll link to that study in the show notes. It goes into a lot more detail. But keep in mind that even stillbirth rates are extremely low. Stillbirth occurs in much less than 1% of births. It's been found in 0.47% of births in 18 to 34-year-olds. And then it does increase slightly with age. But tight nuchal cords are only thought to be responsible for some of these, not all. And even then, there still needs to be a lot more research on this topic. I also came across a study comparing tight and loose nuchal cords that concluded that the presence of a tight nuchal cord is not uncommon. And when they looked at over 200,000 births, it occurred in 6.6% of them compared to 21.6% having loose nuchal cords. They found no clinically significant differences in demographics or outcomes associated with a tight nuchal cord. And a link to that study is also going to be in the show notes. In most cases, a nuchal cord is resolved by manually unwrapping it after your baby's born or once their head is out. Since nuchal cords are so common, these happen in over 27% of pregnancies at term. This is something that doctors and midwives come across quite frequently, and they should have experience in handling it. For most care providers, a nuchal cord is not a big deal and it doesn't cause any issues. Alyssa, you also asked if this happens, is delayed cord clamping no longer an option? The only reason that you could not delay cord clamping would be if the cord is clamped and cut. And rarely is a nuchal cord managed this way. In most cases, it's fixed by manually unwrapping it from your baby's neck at birth. And even if you were having a cesarean birth, you can still delay cord clamping. So no, it should not affect delayed cord clamping. And there is significant evidence to support the practice of delaying clamping and cutting your baby's umbilical cord. And I'll link to the episode that I did on that topic in the show notes if you haven't listened to it. Alyssa, I hope that you find this episode helpful and hopefully it answers your questions. The bottom line is that usually a nuchal cord is not a big deal. 
And if you have any questions or concerns, I really urge you to bring them up with your doctor or midwife. It may be helpful for you to have a conversation with them about it and to know how they're prepared to handle a nuchal cord and what their routine procedures around that are. You can see any notes and resources for this episode at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash nuchal cord. And nuchal is N-U-C-H-A-L. I hope you are enjoying the weekly Q&A episodes. And if you have a question that you would like me to answer, you can submit it at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash Q&A. I want to thank Zoller for their support of this episode. Zoller makes a really high quality prenatal vitamin that has the active form of folate. This is what I prefer after all of the research that I have done on folic acid and folate. Plus, it has omega-3s and DHA. This is the prenatal vitamin that I take and the one that I really recommend. To check out the vitamin and get a promo code to save 25% on a one-month supply, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamin.